This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. This episode is brought to you in part by D6 Conference, a pivotal event for family ministry dedicated to nurturing discipleship based on Deuteronomy 6. Empower your ministry team and family by joining us. Register now at d6conference.com. Welcome to Signpost. I'm Daniel Patterson. For the next few weeks, Dr. Moore will be out recovering from some surgery, but we're still going to have some content for you. This week, we will be featuring Dr. Moore addressing the crowd at the 2015 Ligonier Ministries Conference on the importance of being changed by the Word of God. There is always the temptation for the Christian church to assume that we are going to be able to reach people without addressing the issue of sin. That we will be able to reach people without addressing the issue of judgment. That we will be able to reach people if we will deal with every other sin and aspect of judgment than whatever seems to be too fashionable to address at the time. If we do that, the problem for us is not just that we are communicating something less than the whole counsel of God, although that's true. The problem is that we are empowering the devil. We are empowering the deception. If we leave consciences, including our own consciences, untroubled with the Word of God, uninterrogated by the Word of God, we are helping to do the work of the devil for him. Because we pattern our minds after whatever seems to be noticeable by us at the time. I was in a church one time preaching through 1 Corinthians in a conference, and we came to that uh, section in 1 Corinthians 6 and 1 Corinthians 7, talking about sexual morality uh, and talking about how uh, if, if a man does not know how to act toward his betrothed, let them marry. It is better to marry than to burn with passion. And so I was, I was talking through that. And just as, a, as an aside, as a, point of, as a point of application, I said you, you shouldn't put yourself in a place of temptation with this, these endlessly long engagements while you're trying to get everything together for some, some uh, special wedding uh, ceremony, you find that person, and then with all due speed, protect yourself uh, by marrying. It was just an aside, but after the service was over, there was a, a couple who came up with their grown son and his fiance, and they were really upset about it. And, and they talked about, so, you know, you said that, but that's, that's really kind of legalistic because Chad and Tina here, they've been, they've been engaged for a long time and they've been dating for a long time before that. And they're, they're waiting until he gets finished with his graduate school and until she gets finished with her graduate program and they want to get settled in their jobs and they want to get settled in their careers. And you're saying that 
it is not a helpful thing to say. And I said, well, you know, you may be right, and, and maybe I spoke that with an undue authority uh, here, because I don't think the Bible gives a, a particular length of betrothal or engagement necessarily. I was just giving a principle. Um, I said, and there's, uh, there's an exception to all sorts of things. I said, I just think in this case, we ought to just thank God that in the case of Chad and Tina, that by the power of the Spirit, God has preserved Chad and Tina from the sin of fornication. Right, Chad? Now, I haven't been invited back there since. But it was clear in that moment that it was a scarier prospect for these parents of a grown son. It was scarier for them that their son might not make it in American society than the fact that their son might be a fornicator. If we do not have the Word of God coming to us from the outside, not the Word of God that we are preparing for ourselves, but the Word of God that is confronting us in areas that we are not choosing. We are not going to be equipped to do the battle against the world, the flesh, and the devil because we will not hear that prophetic message that is able to break through the places where we are deceiving ourselves and where we are being deceived. That's why this message that John is preaching is a message that is met initially with, with anger and with dismay, and it ought always to be met by us in our sinfulness, initially with anger and with dismay. Someone asked the question yesterday in the panel time, can someone reject the authority of Scripture and be a Christian? And that's a good question. But in one sense, every single one of us as sinners, we are ongoingly rejecting the authority of Scripture. What it means to live a whole life of repentance is to constantly be asking, what in the Scripture do I not want to hear? As I come to the text of the Bible, as I'm reading the Word of God, I am asking myself, what in this text do I not want to believe? Because if we don't know the answer to that question, it means that we are not having the Word of God diagnose us in our sinfulness. If, if all the Word of God speaks to you is how wrong you used to be, prior to conversion, or if all the Word of God speaks to you is how wrong the culture around you is, or how wrong the people that you are witnessing to are, then you are not encountering the force of the Word of God that comes to every single sinner saying, turn from yourself and be conformed to Christ. I found myself one time years ago as I was reading through the Sermon on the Mount, 
doing to the Sermon on the Mount in my own mind what a feminist does with 1 Timothy 2. Well, I can't mean that. <laughs> Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. I wanted to resist Jesus' teaching about mercy, about forgiveness, because I wanted to nurture in my own heart something that I wanted to protect from the Word of God. Unless the Word of God is coming at you with prophetic force, breaking through that deception, then you are not going to see what is happening in your own life. And as we carry out the Great Commission, if we are not able to address the deception that is behind sin, including when addressing that, is going to mean that the people we are talking to are going to initially be very angry with us, then we do not have a gospel for the nations. We have an almost gospel for the nations. And an almost gospel doesn't raise a corpse. Thank you for listening to Signpost. For the next few weeks, while Dr. Moore is out, we'll be highlighting some of his recent speaking engagements, and I hope you'll join us next week as we hear him speak at our 2015 National Conference about the ways that we can better engage the culture as the church. 